0: give this morning in jesus name amen well, all the ushers may now receive the tithes and the offerings all right well you can stand with me if you would while well, they pass that around did you all stay dry this morning it's pretty wet seems like the weather's pretty all week and then saturday night into sunday we either get snow or ice or, or but we don't let a little bit of that keep us down do we All right, Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you as the word goes forth, people's lives will be helped. We trust you'll help the people today with this word. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Let's open our Bibles to Ephesians, the third chapter in the 17th verse. Ephesians, the third chapter in the 17th verse. If you would, Ephesians three seventeen. The Bible says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Notice there again, talking about being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend to comprehend, and that means to have a full knowledge and understanding to be able to comprehend with all the saints. Now notice that this is something that's available to every child of God and notice what he's talking about, that we may be able to comprehend the width, the length, the depth and height of what? Of what? To know the love of Christ. To know the love of Christ, notice that to know the love of Christ, and that's what God wants all of us to be able to comprehend is the love of Christ for each and every one of us. I want to talk today, titling the message Agape. Agape. Now you know in the in the Greek. Uh, now when I when we first started the ministry years ago the church I did a lot of you know Greek talking about Greek and whatnot and I when I get done talking about it people would say it's all Greek to me and and uh, they were more confused than when I started so I've kind of gotten away from that but there is a, a, something about the Greek language that you do need to understand at times it's very helpful uh, you know in in the Greek language there's three basic words for love three basic words for love now here in English We just have one word, love, L-O-V-E, love. And and we'll say, you know, we love our dog and we love our, you know, television and we love our house and we love our car and we love our children and we love our wife. One word. But, you know, I think more highly of my wife than I do the television. You understand that? But I said, I love the television and I love my wife. Well, we have one word, I guess in English, The word like might come in and, you know, well, I don't love it, I like it. That would, you understand. But in the Greek, there's different words for love and three different words. One is phileo, which is a brotherly love. How you would love your brother and sister, you know, naturally or in the Lord, you know. And then there's another word, eros, which is a passionate sexual sort of love, you know, that you would have for your spouse, uh, you know. And then also agape, and, and that's what we want to talk about, and that's what God wants us to be able to comprehend, agape, and that of course is unconditional love, unconditional love, or it's the love of God, or the God kind of love. That's what agape is. It's unconditional love, the love of God, or the God kind of love. And actually, it's it's the Bible says God is love, and it, and that it actually reads like this: God is agape. He is love. He he's he loves us unconditionally under all circumstances no matter what. And uh that's the kind of love that the book of Ephesians here wants us to comprehend the width of that love, the length of that love, the depth of that love, the height of that love and to and, and that's available to all the saints. Every child of God needs to comprehend the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ, the agape, to understand that, to know that. Notice 1 John 4 verse 16. Let's go there. 1 John 4 verse 16, and, and I'll be able to get more to what I'm trying to get across to you here this morning. Look at 1 John 4 verse 16. Let's go there. 1 John 4 verse 16. Now, of course, 1 John was written by the Apostle John, you know. And... uh Notice here in 1 John uh, 4.16, notice what he says here. And we have known and believed, known and believed. Now distinguish there between knowing and believing. We have known and believed, known and believed. What? The love that God has for us. And again, that word for love is agape, unconditional love. But notice he says, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. Well, we noted that a minute ago. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Verse 17, love has been perfected among us in this that we may have what? Have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, most people, Christians and non-Christians you know walk up to somebody on the street you know and ask them whether they're a Christian or not most people it didn't say all but most people know that God loves them they have a mental acceptance of that you know if you ask them do you, do you think God loves you they say well yeah God loves me they have a mental acceptance of that but I'll tell you what, there's so many and, and particularly Christians, particularly now Christians and I'm talking to all of us including me, you, all of us to some degree or other as I've been interacting with Christians now for you know 30 years plus, more than that, most of the Chris, so so many of, of the Christians that I've dealt with, they'll say yeah I know God loves me. But they don't really, down deep, really believe, comprehend that he loves them. You know, John, the apostle, not only knew Jesus loved him, but but, but he had a revelation of it. He had a comprehension of it. He believed it. Notice John, the gospel, John 21, verse 20. This will help you today. This will help all of us. Look at this, John 21, verse 20. Peter, now look at John 21, verse 20. Peter, turning around. Now this is John writing this now. This is the apostle John. He's writing this. John 21, verse 20. He says, then Peter turning around, saw who? Saw who? Saw who? Saw who? Saw who? The The what? The disciple what? John, now he says, Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. You see that? Now he didn't you know he could have written down then Paul then Peter turning around saw me, John, but he didn't say that, did he? Now John in his gospel account never draws attention to himself. Perhaps that's why he didn't use his name here, but you know there's there's a, there's a, a far greater lesson here that we need to learn. Other than just saying, well, John didn't use his own name for humility reasons. And and that's all good. But here's what I want you to get. John had a revelation of something. What did he have a revelation of? That what? That Jesus loved him. He had a revelation of that. Notice he didn't say the disciple who loved Jesus. Now, you know John loved Jesus but he had a revelation of something that 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 a lot of christians don't have the revelation of that they need to including myself he referred to himself as the disciple whom what jesus loved him. whom jesus loved he had a revelation that jesus loved him did you get that and 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 he wrote that on multiple occasions that wasn't the only time he wrote that he wrote that several times john had a had a Deep comprehension, a revelation of the width, the length, the depth, and the height of the agape, the love of God, the love that Jesus had for him. He called himself the disciple whom what? Whom Jesus loved. And you can read on in that verse. Following, so Peter turned around and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, following, who also had leaned on Jesus' breast or chest at supper. Remember at the last supper? Remember that? John had, he was very close. Why do you think he had such a revelation of the love of, of God, of the love of Jesus? That, you know, why do you think John really comprehended and understood why Jesus loved him so much is because he was very close to Jesus and I like to say it this way he had his he, he 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 heard the heartbeat of Jesus wouldn't you agree with me if you put your ear next to somebody's chest you'd be able to hear their heartbeat probably or is that right I preached a message one time I titled it hearing the heartbeat of Jesus and you know what the heartbeat of Jesus is it's love isn't it it's, it's agape, it's love, unconditional love. And, and John, this is just a, a little side journey here, but it'll it help you as much as anything else. John, do you realize, what, you know, John is known as the disciple of love, isn't he? But you know there was a day he wasn't a very lovely person. Do you realize that? Did you know there was a day that John wanted to call fire down on some people? Remember that? Do you remember that, that what, I think him, James and John, they were known as sons of thunder. Is that right? Very boisterous. Uh, there was a day that John was a bigoted individual. He was a bigoted individual. He, he wouldn't associate with different people, different groups of people. You can read the Bible and see that. But after he heard the heartbeat of Jesus... And got close enough to Jesus where he laid his head on his chest at the Last Supper. He was so close to him, he heard that heartbeat of Jesus. And it turned him from a boisterous individual into a disciple known as the disciple of love. I don't know about you, but I want to hear the heartbeat of Jesus, you know. And, and, and so, listen to this. Until you believe and are sold out to the fact... That God loves you, you will never be able to walk in the fullness that He has for you. Did you get what I just said? Until you believe, not just know, but not not just have a mental assent, but until you believe and are sold out to the fact that God loves you, you'll never be able to walk in the fullness that He has for you. How many of you want to walk in the fullness that He has? So let's just, in the in the next few minutes, let's take a look into the ministry of Jesus and uh, show you that God really does love you. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Is that right? So if we look at and see how Jesus operated, we'll know how, how the Father feels about us. My intention here in the next few minutes is to build a strong foundation within you so that you'll not only know that God loves you, but that you'll also believe it and have a revelation of it and a comprehension of it. So let's just take a take a, a look at some scripture here. How many of you enjoy the word of God? You enjoy the word of God? Now, if you want to be blessed by God, hang on it. And when the word of God's being taught, hang on every word. Don't be distracted. Don't be playing with your cell phone unless you're looking up scripture. Amen. How many of you know cell phones are okay if you're looking up scripture? All right. Is that All right but be be honed in here now. Ephesians 5:25. Let's go there. Ephesians 5:25. Now notice Ephesians 5:25. Everyone would agree that God loves church people. So we'll just start there. Most people would agree with that. Ephesians 5:25. If you've seen how some church people have acted, though, over the years, sometimes you wonder why God does love them. <laughs> Do you know some of the cruelest, meanest people that I've ever dealt with is people that go to church every Sunday? Did you know some of the sharpest tongues, backbiting, gossiping people that I've ever met where people go to church on Sunday? That's sad, isn't it? Did you know that in some cases I'd rather deal with an old sinner boy than to deal with a church? Somebody goes to church. Isn't that sad? I said that's sad, isn't it? Yes. Did you know that people will get saved a lot quicker by the way you act in front of them as opposed to you preaching to them? Did you get what I just said? How many got what I just said? Uh, I've already watched it. Where I've already been sitting in restaurants with people over the years, and sitting there with folks, and they'll just—I'm talking Christians—and they just start talking bad about folk right there in the middle of the restaurant. What do you think that that does to the waitress or the waiter that comes by? Huh? And then they'll turn around and say, "You know, Jesus loves you. You ought to—you know—you to, uh, know, you want to get saved? Well, if I'm going to have to act like you, no, I don't. <laughs> if that—if that—you understand? Did you get what I just said? See, we've if we want to affect people, we have to act right and, and do right and walk in love. And uh, the way we act in front of people means a whole lot more than the preaching we do to them. And I tell you what, if you act right in front of people and show them that you love them and show them you're a person of integrity, then when you do preach Jesus to them, they'll be more prone to listen to you. Yes. Did you get what I just said? All right, so what does the Bible say here? Ephesians 5, 25, husbands... Love your wives just as Christ also loved the, loved the church and gave himself for her. So this tells us that Christ loved the church, okay? But you know that, that that Jesus doesn't just love church people. He doesn't just love church people. And I think sometimes church people, you know what I mean by church people? People that come to church regularly and and we thank God for that. But one thing that we have to, Realize is that God doesn't just love Christians. He loves everybody. He loves everybody and He loves everybody equally. Notice Romans 5 and 8. Let's go there. Romans 5 and 8. Notice what the Bible says. But God demonstrates His own love toward us. In that while we were still what? Sinners. Sinners. What did Jesus do for us? He died for us. Now that's something right there. Actually the context of this talks about, you know, I put it in my own words. If you read up above there you'll see that, you know, that, that, that it's basically saying that, you know, people aren't going to, very rarely would somebody die on behalf of a good person. You know. Like if there was a noble, good person and, and you could stand up for them and die in their place, that's very rare to, to, to see that. that but, but how many of you would be willing to die for an old thug? You know, not very many people would be. Uh, you know, uh, how many people would have a, wonderful son or a wonderful daughter and over here you got this other kid that's just a worse than Dennis the Menace you know just just a horrible just just always causing problems how many people do you know would send their own son or daughter to die in place of that pesky neighbor Dennis the Menace not many people would nobody I've ever met would but you know there's one that did that his name is God And he sent Jesus to die for you and me. At one time, we were the devil's children, weren't we? Is that right? Isn't the Bible clear? A sinner is a child of the devil. Is that right? We've all been in those shoes at one time or another until we make Jesus the Lord of our life. And then God the Father becomes our Father. But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still what? Still Sinners. sinners... Christ died for us. Notice he demonstrated his love. See, there's more to love. The Bible talks about loving in word and also in what? In deed or action. It's one thing to say you love somebody, but it's a whole nother thing when you show them that you love them. And you see, God didn't just tell us he loved us, but he demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ what? He died for us. And so... God loved. He he loved us when we were children of the devil, didn't he? Didn't he? Sure, he did. And so, certainly, he loves us now that we're saved, that we've placed our faith in Jesus. But does he? But does God still love sinners? He does. One thing that that has happened to me over the years and just basically, you know, being in the the church and dealing with church people and, you know, and whatnot. And and people that more or less have, have attempted to get their acts cleaned up. One thing that can happen is you can get in a little bubble, you know. You know what I mean by getting a little bubble and then you go out somewhere where there's people just cussing and talking lewd and going on and, and I don't know if you're like me but there's been times where I've been in you know I've gone you know into whether it's Walmart or wherever it might be you know and I get in a place and I hear somebody you know you know rattle off some bad language or or you know say something that they shouldn't say and you know it's just like you know you just want to pull away from them and you, and you, but you know what God loves that person Did did you get that? And that's one thing that I've observed too in church people and even in myself. You can get so involved in the, in the work of God that you don't ever do the work of God. Did you get what I just said? Did, how many got what I just said? Well, let me explain it. You can get so busy inside the four walls of the church that you never go outside the four walls of the church to share, the, to share Jesus with anybody. And that's got the mark of a dead church on it. Did you hear what I just said? I said, did you hear what I just said? Yes. See, you can get so busy doing the work of God that you, that, you, that you don't do the work of God. What's the real work of God? The real work of God beyond, beyond anything else is sharing the love of Jesus with the sinner. Is that right? Boy, it's deader than a doornail in this place this morning. <laughs> I'd almost rather preach in a morgue. Can you say amen? amen. No, I'm. Te- I'm te- can I tease with you once in a while? Are you you listening? Aren't you? Amen. I'm not getting hardly any amens. Are you okay? You all right? Can you? You're not the chosen frozen here today, are you? <laughs> Praise God. What is the is the real work of God inside the four walls of the church or outside? Outside. outside. So I'll direct this question. You I'll direct it at me first. How many people did you tell about Jesus this last week? I'll admit none, not a single one. That's a shame, isn't it? Now, I won't make you raise your hand, but how many people did you tell about Jesus this last week? That one person did. Shall we take a vote? Two. You want to vote? Three. Good. Anybody else want to chime in? You're doing a better job than the pastor. But what's the real work of God is, is going inside to church or outside to church? Outside to church. See? And do you see what I'm saying? We can get so busy doing the work of God that we don't do the work. As a pastor, you can get so busy ministering to the people of God and doing study and to preach on Sunday that you don't, and that's the work of God, all right? But you can get so busy doing that that you don't ever get, do the real work. Of God. What is the real work of God? It's sharing the love of Jesus with somebody else. Is that Right? Are you okay? All right. So does God still love those unlovable, what I would call unlovable people? Those unsavory people that use four-letter words, huh? Um, Does God love them? Yeah, he does. That's why he sent Jesus to the cross. Is that right? For God so loved... The Bible says, there's a scripture I remember. I think it's the most famous one in the Bible. For God so loved those that already had their act together. No. For God so loved the Christians. No. Said for God so loved the World. Would that include everybody? Would that include sinners? Yes. Sure it would. That's the reason he came. For the unlovely. Remember that woman caught in adultery? How many remembers her? She was taken right out of the bed of adultery. Brought down to Jesus. And I could go through the whole story. Most of you know it. Did Jesus condemn her? No, he didn't condemn her. He forgave her, didn't he? If there was anybody that could have thrown stones at her, who was it? Jesus. Jesus. He, had, he had legal right to stone her. And remember all the other people dropped their rocks, they left. He didn't stone her. He said, where are your accusers? She said, they've all left. He says, neither do I accuse you. Is that right? Or condemn you? Is that right? But then he also didn't stop right there. He said, go and sin no more now did he condone her sin no he loved her he forgave her but what else does agape love do agape will also see love doesn't tell people just what they want to hear did you get what I just said love doesn't tell people just what they want to hear love tells people the truth so love didn't condemn that woman but love said go and what sin no more right? Is that right? Okay. So did he love an adulteress? Yes Yes or no? Yeah. Does God love the sexually immoral? Yeah, he sure does. Uh, Look at Mark the 10th chapter. Just a few more of these. Mark the 10th chapter. He was going out on the road, Jesus was, one came running, knelt before him and said, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, "Uh, why you call me good? No one's good but God, you know. And uh, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not fraud honor your father and mother and he answered and said teacher all these things I've kept from my youth now if I had more time I could go into it but just for the sake of time this was a very self-righteous comment that the man made I've kept kept it all well how many of you know nobody can keep the Bible itself tells us nobody can keep do everything perfect is that right? so do you see some self-righteousness in this guy? I, 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 I do and then notice verse 21 then Jesus looking at him what? What? Did Jesus love this self-righteous guy? But we're going to learn something else about this guy. This guy also was very rich. Does Jesus love rich people? He sure does. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor. Does Jesus love poor people? Yeah, and we know that Jesus gave to the poor. He gave to the poor. He, he, loved the, he loves the rich. He loves the poor. Your bank account has nothing to do with whether or not God loves you. He loves you whether you're rich, poor, or in between. Is that right? That's right. You know, he doesn't love the rich people more than the poor people. Did you know that? Right. And actually, when, when anyone gets favored because they've got money, god doesn 't like that, did you hear me? God absolutely does not like that. He talks about James over in the book of James says that you know if somebody comes into the church and they 've got put in my own words they 've got a lot of money and you give them a choice seat, and the person doesn 't have a lot of money, you just make them sit in the back. He says you commit you commit sin if you do that. How many of you know that everybody, no matter what your bank account, should be treated equally. Is that right yes. that 's one thing i 've endeavored to do over the years that Doesn't, doesn't, we love people the same. Don't want to know what's in your bank account. Did you hear me? It's none of my business. That's between you and God. I'm going to treat you the same either way. Now, uh, did Jesus love this guy? Did he or didn't he? Are you out there today or can you talk? Let's practice. Did Jesus love this guy? There you go. Jesus looking at him loved. don 't let the rain get on the inside don't let the don 't let the rain get on the inside of you okay that 's one reason i didn 't put windows in this place to keep the did you know back at the school when we were back at the school if it was a dreary day now you get you know don 't let that dreariness get off on you say amen somebody amen. okay Jesus looking at him verse twenty one looking at him what loved him, loved him. jesus <laughs> Verse 21, is it up there? Jesus, looking at him, what? Wow. There you go. And said to him, one thing you lack. And what did he tell him to do? He said, go your way, sell to the, sell to the, what you have, give to the poor. Are you okay? Amen. You'll have treasure in heaven. Come take up the cross and follow me. Isn't it interesting? This is, another, is it all right if I take another side journey here? Is it interesting that Jesus didn't tell him Just believe on me, follow me. He told him to sell what he had and give to the poor. How many of you know Jesus always goes to the root of a person's heart? Jesus doesn't deal with symptoms, he deals with roots. He went right to the root. This fella, there was something in this guy's life that was gonna ultimately keep him from following Jesus for the long haul and what was it? Verse 22 says, he went, he was sad at that word and went away sorrowful for he had what? Great possessions. Nothing wrong with having great possessions but it's wrong when the great possessions have you. And that's what Jesus was dealing with right there. And did the guy walk away from Jesus? No. Did Jesus still love him? Yes. Yeah. He walked away from Jesus, and unless he repented at some other time, he went to hell, didn't he? I said he went to hell, didn't he? Yes. Jesus says it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven and the disciples were astonished at one point and said, "Who then can be saved It was in a in the setting here, and he said that 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 with with man he said Things are impo- impossible with man, but with God all things are possible. The, the The point here is, is that, did you know that there's some things that can be in your life that you can hold on to and until you release them, those very things that you can hold on to can be the thing that puts you in hell one day. Did you hear me? Right. And until this guy dealt with this this money issue, until he was able to to get his priorities straight and put God ahead of see this guy was rich but he wasn't rich toward God. Remember Jesus gave that story about a certain rich man he said, I've got barns and they're full and I'm you know, and I've got many goods for many years I'm gonna eat, drink and be merry. Remember that? And then Jesus said, But your soul he called him a fool and said, Your soul's required denied of you and he died and went to hell. Remember that rich man over there in in Luke the sixteenth chapter. Jesus said, "In hell, he lift up his." Was it was it the was it having the money? Was it being rich itself that put these people in hell? No, it's that the money had them. And so many people have gone to hell because. Of a dollar bill. It wasn't the fact that they. Have, well they wouldn't tithe. And this and that. It's not a matter of a preacher getting the money. It's a matter of the money was more important to them. That's right. They loved the money more than they loved God. Right. Is that right? But irregardless. Did Jesus still love this guy? Yes. He loves the rich. He loves the poor. Look at Luke 17 verse 15. Just a couple more of these and then we'll... I'm just trying to get it through to you that God loves you no matter what. You, Luke seventeen fifteen. Look at this. And one of them, this is the 10 lepers. Remember the 10 lepers? Mm-hmm. Luke 17, 15, One of them when he saw that he was healed, remember he, he healed, a, he, they came and said have mercy on us, and he said go show yourself to the priest, and as they went they were cleansed, and just one of them came back and gave Jesus praise, Luke seventeen fifteen. and one of them, one of these 10 lepers, when he saw that he was what, he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face, at his feet, Jesus' feet giving him thanks, and he was a what, he was a, Now a Samaritan was a half-breed Jew. Did you know the Jews didn't like the Samaritans? They hated them. Absolutely hated them. Half-breed. They hated them. But did Jesus heal this guy? He sure did. He healed him. Does your skin color make any difference at all to God? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. Is that right? Is that right? right? So skin color makes no difference to God and it shouldn't make any difference to us. That's right. Somebody asked me if I had a problem having a black president. No, I'm glad that we, that, that we have a black president. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with skin color. Somebody said, would you have a problem if we had a woman president? Don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is when you have a president in there that's for abortion and homosexuality. Whether they're black or white or whether they're male or female. Did you hear me? Yes. Do you understand that? Yes. But God loves the black, the yellow, the red, the white, all the same. Is that right? right? He loves males and females the same. He loves rich and poor the same. Now, sexual sin... He has, he has a problem with that, but does he love sexual offenders? Yes. yes. Does he love a homosexual as much as he loves you or me? Yes. Do yes. You have to understand that now. You okay? Yes. Are you all right? Yes. Now look at Matthew the... Uh, well, let's just see this for the sake of time. Does anybody know who betrayed Jesus? And when Judas walked up to him, Judas gave him something, a kiss. Remember that? And he betrayed Jesus with a kiss. kiss. Now, Jesus knew that that Judas was going to betray him. But it's very interesting. Let's see if you know the answer to this. When Judas came up and kissed Jesus, there in the Garden of Gethsemane, does anybody know what Jesus called him? Friend. 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 He didn't say, get away from me, you old so-and-so. He called him friend, didn't he? Is that right? Does anybody know the name of the guy that that, that uh, had his ear cut off there in the Garden of Gethsemane? Well, I think his name was Malchus. He was a servant of the high priest. Does anybody know which ear was cut off? <laughs> I think it was the right ear. Yeah. Now, did it take any more power for Jesus to heal the right ear or the left ear? Okay, you're doing good. So now, now there you got a guy that's come to take Jesus away, right? He gets his ear cut off. Who cut his ear off? Let's see if you know. I think it was John that made that statement, by the way. Also, I think it was John that told on Peter. I don't think we'd know who who cut his ear off if John. And also did you know John made it clear to us that he outran even though he said I'm the disciple that, you know, that Jesus loves, but he also was the one that let us know that he outran Peter to the tomb, is that right? But he did tell the but he did tell the truth, you know, when he said Peter went in first into the tomb, remember? Okay. But in the midst of all that, here you got this guy, Malchus, has come out to cut Jesus' ear off. Or, I'm sorry. He came out to take Jesus. He came out to take Jesus, right? Is that right? He came out to take him. All right. Who tried to... Who who went after Malchus? Peter. Peter. What did Peter do? cut his ear off right cut off malchus's ear this guy malchus along with all these others came to get jesus peter goes for malchus cuts his ear off what does jesus do to malchus's ear heals, heals it now if that's not love in action i don't know what is right. cuz i've had people come against me over the years and if somebody would have cut their ear off i don't think i'd have put it back on <laughs> if i could have i'd just said let's cut the other one off <laughs> No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> How many ever thought that though? Maybe you hear it. But you, what does love do? Love puts the ear back. We could title this sermon, Put the Ear Back, and people probably listen to it. But didn't Jesus put his ear back? Yes, he, did. he did. And then when Jesus hanging on the cross, those people beat him, and mercifully hung him on the cross and all that. There he is on the cross. What does Jesus say? He says, Father... And there's people standing right out there. I mean, there's Jesus on a cross dying for these people and for you and for me. And they're, they're mocking him and they're sticking their tongue out at him and everything. Remember that? And what does Jesus say? He says what? He says, forgive them. Forgive them they. No, they do. Now that's, that's, that's some love there. So did, 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 if he loves those people, can you believe that he loves you and me? I can believe that. How many do, do you, of you would agree that he loves the backslider? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you ever read the story of the prodigal son? Remember he was in he left father's house, was out in a pig pen, and then when he got ready to come back, the Bible says while he was still a long way off, the father was looking for him. So does God love backsliders? You know what a backslider is? Somebody that walked with God and then slid, slid away from him? Does he, does he love backsliders? Yes. Sure he does. Sure he does. Look at Luke 20, verse 21. We'll go to two more scriptures and then close. Luke 20, 21. Luke 20, 21. Then they, the Pharisees, asked him, saying, Teacher, now the Pharisees are talking to him. Teacher, we know that you say and teach rightly, And you do not show personal favoritism, but teach the way of God in truth. Now, why do I have you go here? Well, there's two reasons. Number one, what do we learn? We learn that the Pharisees, they make the statement that Jesus would not show what? Personal favoritism. And if anybody was gonna try to get him to show personal favoritism, guess who it would have been? The Pharisees. They were an unsavory group of people. And I'll guarantee it to you, they tried to get Jesus to show them personal favoritism. And they were looking for him and they were watching him to see if he ever was gonna show personal favoritism. And he never, ever, ever did. So does Jesus love you as much as he loves Billy Graham? Does he love you as much as he loves Joyce Meyer? Does he love you as much as he loves... uh, Peter, James, or John? Yes. Yeah. Does God the Father love you as much as He loves Jesus? Yes Yes or no? Yes. Let me give you a scripture for that and we'll close. John 17, 23. You have to understand this, that God the Father loves you as much as He loves Jesus. That's hard for a lot of people to accept. John 17:23 He said I and them and you and me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know Now this is Jesus praying to the Father that the world may know that you have sent me and have what love them as you have Love me. Did Jesus just let us know that God the Father loves you as much as he loves Jesus? Yes or no? He just let us know that. God Jesus just told us that God the Father loves you just as much as he loves Jesus. So hopefully as a result of this message you'll have a better foundation to not only know that God loves you, but believe that he loves you. To know the width, the length, the depth, the height of it. He loves you more than I could ever put in words, unconditional. Uh, do you think he still loves you when you sin? Yes. Do you think he still loves you when you miss it? Yeah. Does he still love you when, when you do something you shouldn't do? Yeah. One, one minister said it this way. He said, don't run from Jesus when you sin, run to him. Because he didn't find out about your sin, uh, you know, when you committed it. He knew it before you ever did it. Run to him. He loves you. Amen? And then, you know, one of the best sayings I ever heard was this. You ought to write this one down in your Bible. God loves you the way you are. But he loves you too much to leave you that way. You know, that's one of the best ones I've ever heard. God loves us the way we are. No matter what state we're in. No matter what condition we're in. He loves us the way we are. But He loves us too much to what? To leave us that way. That's why He works on us. That's why He, he corrects us. That's why He, you know, that's why He has me stand up here and, and, and preach sermons sometimes that, that may not, you know, just, you know, that you'd maybe wish I wouldn't be stepping on your toes, you know. But why does He have me do that at times? Because He loves you. The way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. Amen? Amen. Is that right? I'm so glad that God loved me the way he found me all those years ago, but I'm so glad that he loved me too much to leave me that way. And you know what? He loves me the way I am today. And he loves you the way you are today, but you know what? He loves you too much to leave you that way. How many of you know that, that there's more work needs to be done on you? And on me too, is that right? Oh yeah. oh yeah, I get a lot of amens when I say that about myself. That's the biggest amen I got today. How many of the pastor needs to change? Amen. I'm trying my best. Let's everybody stand. If you need Jesus, there'll be people up here. You can come up and receive him. When we dismiss the service. Well, say this with your heads clo- with your heads closed and your eyes bowed. Amen. Boy, I'm doing good today. You know, I'm still glad that you love me, no matter if I goof up. You know? Amen. <laughs> so what did I say with your with your eyes bowed and your heads closed? No, let's get it right. With your heads what? Bowed, your eyes, your eyes closed. In all seriousness now. I just want you to think about this message we we taught today. I perhaps didn't deliver it as best as I could. Or with all the great preaching, prose and theatrics. But I did my best just to try to get across to you. That God loves you. He loves you. He always has. He always will.